Amen. Good morning, Generation Church. How are we doing this morning? Welcome to all those joining us at Fountain Hills, South Mountain, online, chapels, and right here in Mesa. It's a good day to be in the house of the Lord. Are we doing well today? If we haven't had a chance to meet yet, my name is Nate, and uh, this is the fourth time I believe I've been with you guys uh, this year, and so I guess we're family now. And uh, glad to be here. Pastors Ryan and Amy, love you guys so much. And just honored to be here sharing the word with you today. And I've got my wife as well with me. She made the trip from the East Coast with me, Anna. So, so glad she's here today. We're honored to be here today. Uh, we love your church. We love your pastors. And Pastor Ryan next week is going to be continuing the series on Exodus. How good has that been? It's been really good. So he's going to be continuing that. Uh, but today, I'm going to share the word with you today. I'm going to share a little bit of my heart with you, and I believe you're going to be encouraged in God's word. Are you ready to receive the word today? Yeah. Today, the title of my message is this, Why I Tithe. So, so I'm not going to tell you to tithe today. I'm going to talk about why I tithe. Why I tithe. The word tithe means tenth, speaking of the first ten percent of the income, the increase God gives us, returning it back to the house of the Lord. And maybe you're here today and maybe you've known about tithing and practiced the spiritual discipline of tithing for most of your life. Maybe it's a new concept to you. Today I want to encourage you and tell you why I tithe. Are you ready for the word today? Yeah. Number one is this, I tithe because everything I have belongs to God. Amen. I tithe because everything that I've got belongs to him. Here's what David says in 1 Chronicles 29. They've just built the temple. The people of God have brought their gifts and offerings to help the building of God's house. And he's saying this to God. He says, who am I and who are my people that we should be able to give as generously as this? Everything comes from you and we have only given you what comes from your hand. He says, the only things that we've brought to you, O God, have been things that you have first given to us. Everything we gave to you, you gave to us because it all belongs to him. Yeah. Psalm 24 verse 1 says this, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. James chapter 1 verse 17 says, every good and perfect gift is from where? It's from above coming down from the Father of heavenly lights who does not change like shifting shadows. Everything that I have and everything that you have comes from and belongs to God. A phrase that I tell myself consistently is this, I'm an owner of nothing and a steward of everything. Everything that's in my life right now is, is, is owned by God and given to me temporarily to steward well for him. Everything I've got belongs to God. How cool is it that God entrusts us with stewardship of his things? How, how humbling, how, how incredible a concept that the God of the universe who owns everything gives us some things to steward for his glory. I tithe because everything belongs to him. All right, so who, who by the show of hands, we're gonna get to know each other a little bit more here today. We're gonna have some fun in the house of the Lord. I love that you guys have fun here at GC. Uh, who, who by the show of hands has a truck or a Jeep that you're not ashamed of? Just let me see. There's no, no, no need to be ashamed. Who, who has a truck or a Jeep? Just hold your hand up real quick. Keep it up, keep it up, keep it up. I'm gonna come out here for a little bit if I can do that. I see my man right here. What's up, brother? Oh, you put your hand down. 
Do you have your keys on you? So is it a truck or a Jeep? What you got? A truck. What kind of truck? A Tacoma. Some would say it's not a truck, but I'm going to say it's a Tacoma. It's okay. And I'm going to just keep these for a bit. That's okay. That's okay. He's got a Tacoma. He's got a Tacoma. So, so when we, we came in yesterday, and, you know, me and Anna just came for the weekend to, to share here this morning, bring the word. But we got here, and it's, it's just been like, it's just nice. Arizona's nice, you know. So we were supposed to go back tomorrow, but we figured we'd stay a while. So, so we're going to stay the week. And, you know, we're thinking about going up to Sedona, you know, checking out some hikes and stuff, going through Flagstaff maybe a little bit, spend a day or two, go check out the Grand Canyon on the south. Rim. We're just going to hang, hang out a little bit. So a Tacoma would be great, man. Appreciate it. <laughs> I appreciate you, bro. <laughs> I appreciate you. It can go off-road, right? You got all this stuff? You good? It can... So, so we're just going to take that this week, uh, and so, so let's just play this out a little bit here together. Uh, we take the Tacoma today, and we drive all around. We hit Sedona. We go off-road, and we go up to the Grand Canyon, spend a few days in Flagstaff, the whole deal. And so we're coming back at the end of the week now, and, and I just give, I give my man a call, say, hey, man, listen, you know, me and Anna have been hanging out this week, and we've just been praying a lot, thinking through this. Uh, we'd love to meet you for dinner Friday and just, just give you some news, something on our heart, you know. So we meet up Friday, we get a good meal, and we just say, hey, man, we've just been praying. God just put this on our heart, and we just, today, we want to give you a Tacoma. <laughs> it's just from, it's from us to you, man. We're, we're feeling generous today. Bless you. May the Lord bless you. Here's the keys to a Tacoma, right? So, right. <laughs> Appreciate you, man. Thanks. So how many know on Friday at dinner when we give him the Tacoma, number one, he's going to say thank you for my truck back. But then also, there's a, it's, it's already his. Right? Like, thanks, but that was mine in the first place. Right? So, so here's, here's what we do when we bring back our tithe to God. Like, we're bringing it back but it's already his. It's his. He is the owner. It all belongs to him. Everything we've got is his and from him. And so I tithe because I, 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 I see and realize everything I've got, it belongs to him. It belongs to him. The second thing is this. I tithe because it shows my faith in God. See, the tithe is not just about the percentage. It's not just about the 10%. It's not just about the number. The tithe is about priority. It's not just about the 10%. It's about the order in which it comes. See, it takes faith to give God the first. I want to say that again. It takes faith to give God the first. And so I tithe because it is a tangible way I'm showing my faith and putting my trust in God. It's not just the percent, it's the order of the percent. God, I'm putting you first by faith by bringing my tithe to your house. I've got some sweets with me today. We're gonna bring out an apple pie, I believe, to do a little illustration here. This looks good, doesn't it? This looks great. Well, some of y'all are gonna get blessed with this today because we're gonna hand it out. See that? Doesn't that look good? Nice apple pie. Some of y'all are like, I knew favor was here today. I knew favor in the house of the Lord. So for the point of this illustration, let's pretend that this pie, the entirety of this pie, is your income. This is your paycheck. This is 
the increase that God has entrusted you with. And so when you get your paycheck, when you get your increase, uh, you have to begin to divvy it up because you've got to live and things cost money and there's bills to pay and things to do. And so you begin to divide up what it is that God has entrusted you with. So we got some different slices here. And um, a big slice of the pie, let's take the first quarter of this. A big slice of the pie is probably your housing. It's probably your mortgage. And uh, if you moved here in the last two years especially, it's pretty big. (laughs) Y'all are going crazy around here recently. So we got a giant chunk of the pie here to the mortgage. You got to make sure you keep the roof over your head. And here we go. We're just going to bless somebody with this today. We're just going to take that out. So you pay the mortgage. That gets paid. And then there's all kinds of other monthly things that go along with that, right? So you've got your utilities, you've got insurance, you've got phone, you've got medical, you've got all these different things. And so here's another big chunk of the monthly stuff that comes out, all the weekly, monthly kind of expenses that can hit a household. And then um, it's football season. Hello, it's football season. And uh, the cards just signed Kyler Murray to an extension, so you had to get season tickets. You had to do it. And and uh, it's, it's not just the season tickets, it's the whole experience, you know? Yeah. It's, it's, the, it's the gear and the food and the, all the kind of stuff. And so, so you had to get the cards, tickets, and all kinds of stuff. And uh, that's going to be good this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, and then car payments. <laughs> For sure, car payments. You had to get the car payment. You had to do it. You, had, you needed another car. You needed two cars, actually. You needed two car payments. So you got a few car payments there and especially here recently car the car market is crazy gas is through the roof all this kind of stuff and uh then you got some debt you got some debt you gotta make payments on and Biden ain't helping you (laughs) it ain't happening so uh, (laughs) that's uh, that's for a different day here we go so there's some payments some and, uh, and then kids, kids, they're, they're growing like crazy and they need new clothes and it's back to school. So all kinds of school supplies and new clothes and sports and activities and all this kind of stuff. And so there's some for the kids. And, and then you just want to have a little fun, you know what I'm saying? Like you got to have a date night or something. You got to go see a movie. You, you know, there's, you got to have a little bit of fun. You need some new shoes or whatever you need. So, so yeah, you, you have a little bit of fun stuff in there. And, and so you divvy it all up, divvy it all up. And then you come to church and, and you want to bring what you got to the Lord. And you come to church and you're like, woo. <laughs> Yeah, Lord, um, let me see what I can scrape out here for you, Lord. Uh, There's joy in the house of the Lord. There's joy in the house of the Lord today. And I'm going to bring my sacrifice of praise. And whatever you can scrape up or scrape by as much. Here you go, Lord. I'll try to do it better next month. Right? And, and if, if we don't get the order right, this, is, this can become our spiritual discipline of giving, of scraping everything. See, see, it doesn't take faith to do this. 
It takes faith to look at the entirety of what God's given you and say, God, the first piece is going to you. Because, because Lord, I, I fear you more than the mortgage company. Lord, I fear you more than anything else on here. God, I, I, I fear you more than all that. So, Lord, by faith, I put you first and I steward and manage the rest to the best of my ability. Now, for some of you, you say, well, well Nate, if I, if I give God the first piece, I'd have to change up. Like, that would, that would affect a lot. I would have to change up things in my life. Exactly. Like, like you mean, you mean if I, if I live by faith and I honor God and his word and it, and it enters every area of my life, you mean it's going to affect it? Absolutely. Absolutely. So, so it's by faith that I put God first. I tithe because it shows my faith in him. I, it shows he is first in my life. Number three is this. I tithe because it connects me with something bigger than me. It connects me with something bigger than me. The Apostle Paul in the book of Philippians, he's writing back to the church in a town called Philippi, and it's a church he was part of planting. He, he begins this church with the launch team. You can read it in Acts chapter 16. The team begins to form in Philippi, and he plants a church, and he writes the book of Philippians back to the church he planted, and this church helped fund Paul's ministry, and he writes back to thank him. He says this in Philippians 4, 14. It was good for me to share in my troubles. As you Philippians know, in the early days of your acquaintance with the gospel, I went out to Macedonia. Not one church shared with me in the matter of giving. This is really interesting to know because people will say, oh, it's rare to give today. The, the spirit of giving is rare today. It's not just rare today. It was rare then. He says not, not, not one church shared. Not one church was generous with their resources he goes, except, except you, so they gave to him. Then he was in Thessalonica, and he said, you sent more aid to me when I was in need. So he's, he's writing to the church in Philippi saying, hey, I went to Macedonia, I went to Thessalonica, and when I went there, your giving funded my ministry there. Now it's important to know the context of what he's writing in. In that day and age, he's writing to a culture that was not transient. I know today people move, people are mobile, you can get from one state, one nation to the other quickly, and people move the locations in which they live. But in that day, that was not the norm. It was very normal for you to be born, grow up, and die within a 20-mile radius. People just didn't travel town to town. You didn't travel region to region. And so he's writing to people in Philippi who most of them have never left Philippi and are never going to leave Philippi. So he's saying, hey, you've never been to Macedonia, but you've been to Macedonia. You've never been to Thessalonica, but you've been to Thessalonica. Why? Because you gave there. You sent me. Your impact, your reach, your influence went somewhere you couldn't go, and your world is now bigger because you gave. You're connected to what I'm doing here. Although you're not here, your world is bigger. Just preparing for this this week, I was thinking and reflecting upon my home church. I started attending as a teenager 
in high school. It was the church that I was called to ministry in. It's the church I met my wife in. It's the church that I was discipled and trained in ministry in. The church is called Clover Hill Assembly of God. And I know none of you have heard of it or been there. It's in Midlothian, Virginia. And the pastor there is still my pastor to this day. His name is Stan Grant. And when Stan took the church, uh, there was 12 people meeting at Alberta Smith Elementary School. And Pastor Stan pastored that church, starting with 12 people at an elementary school. It's been almost 26 years now. Here's some pictures of the church from their early days. The bottom one is them setting up the chairs in the school. That piece of land is their first property they ever bought and built a little church on it. And that's one of their church services in their first church building 25 years ago. I was thinking about where that church is now and the impact it's made on me and my life. And I was thinking about those 12 people in that gymnasium who 25 years ago showed up and honored God with their tithe to fund and equip a ministry to keep going. And I was thinking about how over the last two and a half decades, that small group of people has grown and grown and grown. We, we are the third church that that church sent out to start. And I was thinking, this group of people right here, none of them know me. None of them have any idea even what I'm doing here today in our ministry back in Richmond. Like, none of them know me. A lot of them have gone to be with the Lord since then. But what's incredible is what they didn't know then as they honored God with their tithe is they weren't just making impact then, they're making impact today. So, so, so their giving and their reach has connected them to something so much bigger they could have ever imagined. It's, it's amazing for me to think like one day in eternity, I'll get to meet some of these people and tell them, thank you for giving to Clover Hill Assembly of God that 20 years later after you passed away, planted us and helped us. It was where I was called to ministry. Thank you for giving to that. Your world is now bigger. Yeah. Made me think about Generation Church. I've, as I've heard the story of your church and gotten to know your church a little more, it's amazing to think about what God is doing right now. But here's the thing. It's happening right now because people over the last decade have given and served to make it happen. So, so there's been a group of faithful people that have given to the ministry so that now as the Lord is doing stuff and there's incredible fruit as he's been doing for years now, it's, it's, it's made their world bigger. It's making me think as I pulled into the property today here at Mesa and I saw the new facility going in and hear about Fountain Hills and South Mountain and all that God is doing. It's making me think every single person over the next decade that gets saved, every single person over the next decade that gets baptized, every single marriage that is restored and, and made healthy and strong in the next decade, every single child that puts their faith in Christ, every single person that's called to the mission field or called to the ministry, every single person uh, that has chains of addiction broken off of their life, every single foster kid that finds a home, every single kid that's adopted into a family, every single thing that happens here gets to happen. Why? Because there's a group of people that are saying, I'm gonna honor God and put my money into what God is doing here and it's gonna make my world bigger. It's gonna make my world bigger. When you give, when you tithe, you connect yourself to something bigger than you. You connect yourself to something that will outlive and outlast you. What fruit is on the other side of your obedience today for the future? Only heaven will tell. Only eternity will tell.
I tithe because it connects me with something bigger than myself. Proverbs eleven twenty four says it like this. The world of the generous gets larger and larger. Number four, I tithe because it pulls my heart towards God's kingdom work. It pulls my heart towards God's kingdom work. Jesus says in Matthew chapter six, store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and vermin do not destroy, thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. He's letting us know, hey, the strings of your heart are attached to your treasure. So the direction of your treasure will determine the direction of your heart. If you wanna care more about something, put more of your treasure there because your heart is attached to your treasure. It made me think, I remember in college, I was on a top bunk of my dorm room my first three semesters of college and I remember I would sit up there to like type papers and do homework and stuff and I would just put my earphones in so I could get some quiet from all the other guys in the hall or whatever. So uh, I, I had two pairs of earphones. There was one, I remember it was, the, it was the free pair that you just get with the iPod, you know what I'm talking about? Just the little ones, the little uh, cords and you just, so, so I had those and then I remember I had saved up, I had this little summer job or whatever and I was ready to get like some legit headphones and I got a pair of Beats. So I had my beat headphones up there. And so, especially if I wanted to be quiet, quiet, I'll put my beat headphones in. And then I also have my little earbud things. Uh, and so, so I remember one time I was sitting up there and I had my beats that were sitting right next to me on the top bunk. And I like moved or shifted or put my computer down or something. And it like happened in slow motion. I saw my beats start to fall off the top bunk. So they're like going down and I'm like reaching for them, but I know it didn't happen and I know it's gonna be too late. And I see them falling towards the concrete floor from up on the top bunk. And just my heart, it was one of those like, ah, you know, and just bracing for impact as it hits. And I thought to myself, as I reacted to my beat headphones falling down to the ground, I thought to myself, I've dropped these headphones, I've dropped headphones dozens of times, like my little earbud ones. Them things dropped all the time, all the time, all the time, all the time. And I never cared at all when they dropped. In fact, I threw them off sometimes, you know, just like, you know. And, and so they dropped all the time. But when my nice headphones fell, I, I, I responded to it emotionally. My heart, my heart was there. I wanted, why? More of my treasure was there. Like, I didn't have to tell myself, hey, look, those headphones are going to fall. You should really care. Like, muster up a lot of care right now as they fall. Care about them a lot. You should really care. No, no, no. Like, my heart strings cared. Why? Because my treasure was there. Where I had more treasure, it had more of my heart. If, if you want more of your heart to go towards something, you've got to put your treasure there. So I tithe because I know I want my heart connected to kingdom things. I tithe because I know I want my heart in love with the building of God's church. I tithe because I know I want my heart to celebrate and rejoice when all, with all of heaven when people come to faith in Christ. I tithe because I love to see people discipled and grow in the knowledge of God. I tithe because I love to see families strong and healthy in our community. So I put my resource into God's system because I want my heart to be about those things. I tithe because it pulls my heart towards God's kingdom work. Number five is this, I tithe because it invites God to bless my finances. When you tithe, you're taking your money out of the world's system and putting it into God's system. 
You're pulling it out of the world's way of operating and putting it into the kingdom way of operating. When, when you're tithing, what you're doing is you're opening the door in the financial area of your life for God to be involved. You're saying, God, I, I, I put you first in this area and I'm desiring you to be involved in this area. So by tithing, I'm opening the door saying, I'm inviting God to bless and be involved. Like, look, this sounds so simple. Forgive me for my simplicity this morning, but if you want God involved, you have to involve God. If you want God to be involved, you've got to involve God. And so if, if you don't put God first in this area and don't honor God in this area, and then you come to God like, God, where are you? Why are you not involved here? God was, God's like, you haven't involved me. But when I involve God, God gets involved. God's hand is there. God is able to bless. And it's interesting because I know when we talk about tithing, like for some of you, you maybe have done this for years and you've just seen the incredible blessing in your life that it is and God is involved and this is just like muscle memory to you now and it's just so exciting. For some of you, you, you feel so scared because like the idea of this is crazy. Maybe you're in a, a, a season that feels unsettling or unstable and you're like, how, how in the world, how in the world am I going to do this right now? I'm just encouraging you, involve God. Yeah. Whatever season you're in, involve God. I, I remember our first few years of marriage, we're going on 10 years now, and I remember our first few years, within the first year, I left my full-time job at the church I was at to go on the road full-time as an evangelist. I don't know if you know much about evangelism and that kind of stuff, but it typically doesn't pay well, <laughs> particularly when you're starting, you know. So I remember we felt really clear from the Lord, and our pastors got behind us, and it was one of those things. We, we were like, all right, Lord, we feel like this is what you're asking us to do. But we're young, married, and uh, she was still in college at the time. She had about three semesters left of college. And so we're just trying to figure it out. But we knew, God, we're going to honor you with our finances. God, we're going to bring the tithe to the storehouse. We're going to bring the tithe, and we're going to invite you to just provide for us. And I remember, uh, especially the first, like, six months or so, like, a great, a great month for me preaching and I would go preach anywhere like I'll go preach anywhere for anything like I drive hours and hours and hours in my honorarium was a subway gift card <laughs> come on somebody I'd be hitting a subway on the way home just you know whatever and a good month for me okay this is just being real a good month was a thousand dollars a month okay now our apartment rent was nine hundred and thirty four dollars a month so I tithed and I was in the red <laughs> But we just said, God, we're going to invite you in. So, so Lord, Lord, bless us in this season. Be involved because we're involving you. Gosh, I think about some of our date nights. We had a little pizza place right in front of the apartment that we just would walk to, and we would each get a slice of pizza. That was like our date. It was like two bucks a piece or whatever. And I remember if it was like a good month, it was like, girl, you can get soda tonight. <laughs> Go ahead. Go ahead. Treat yourself. You can get soda. I'll get a soda too. We're involving God. We're blessed. God is involved in this thing. And man, I just look at every season to say, hey, you can involve God and God will get involved. Yeah. And I just look back and say, we never went without. We never went without. God always took care of us. God always provided for our needs. God was always involved because we made sure we're going to involve God. Yeah. 
God, we're gonna put you first. I, I want you to be involved so the door is open, Lord. We're bringing the tithe to your house. Lord, have your way. Number six, this is the final one today. I tithe because God has blessed me. I tithe because God's blessed me. Now you might say, hold on, Pastor. Uh, I haven't started tithing yet because I'm waiting on God to bless me. When God blesses me, then I'll, then I'll tithe. Then I'll be on the tithing thing. Uh, no, that's the wrong order. It's the wrong order. I don't tithe to get blessed from God. Although there is blessing in the hand of God when you do. I don't tithe to get blessed from God. I tithe because he's already blessed me. I want to say that again. He's already blessed me. And in case you think as I say blessed today, you're just hearing dollars and cents. Let me read Ephesians chapter one really quick. Paul says this in verse number three. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing. Look, if you are in Christ today, if you put your faith in Christ, I wanna remind you, you're blessed. Paul would say, you've been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms. You have the greatest treasure known to the history of mankind, and that is Christ, the salvation of your soul. You are a child of God. You are blessed. Because he's blessed me. I joyfully bring to him what is his. He's blessed me. I'm a child of God. I am forgiven. My sins have been cast as far as the east is from the west. I am a new creation in Christ. The old is gone. The new is here. He is renewing my mind day by day. His spirit lives inside of me. His word guides me. His presence is with me. His comfort comforts me. His peace gives me, it gives me peace in the storm. He has blessed me. I'm blessed. You're blessed. I could just remind you today. You say, I don't feel blessed. Let me tell you, if you're in Christ, you're blessed. You're blessed. We have a place by our house. We take our son. He's almost 10 years old. It's an indoor trampoline park. He loves to just go in there and run around and jump around. And in this indoor trampoline park, they have a giant foam pit, a giant hole filled with foam cubes. And there's a platform right next to the foam pit, very much like the stage I'm standing on. And the the few feet of platform right at the edge of the pit is a trampoline. So the kids get in a line and they get back here and they just run and jump on the trampoline and just throw themselves into the giant foam pit. Flips, dives, twists, all kinds of stuff. And I remember we're sitting there and there's a line and kids are excited. And this kid jumps in, he's six, seven years old. He jumps in, he's, he's screaming and yelling, and he hits the foam pit, and the foam like swallows him. He's like, ah! <laughs> like he's just gone from your eyesight. And you can kind of see like the foam blocks like moving and rustling a little bit. And, and, and his hand comes up out of, the, out of the foam blocks. And he's like, ah! You know, he's waving back to his friends and his parents or whatever, and then he goes back down. <laughs> see his hand you see and it's like it's like kind of cute and funny for like 30 seconds but then after that it's kind of annoying because you can't jump in until he gets out 
right? So, there, so there's a whole line of people waiting, and so there's an employee from the place kind of sitting right there. The kid's parents are there, and after 30 seconds, 45 seconds, they're all, like, telling him he needs to get out, like, okay, okay, buddy, come on, yeah, good jump, come on out, come on out, come on out, Go, okay, you know, and the employee's like, oh, sir, please exit, to, you know, and, and so telling him, telling him, telling him, one minute turns into two minutes, and then finally everyone had determined, dude is stuck. I was kind of like making fun of him and laughing at him, but then I jumped in and realized that's, that stuff is hard to get out of. You've been in those things. I'm like, this stuff is tough. So he's stuck. Like he, he's stuck. He's kind of squirming. And when he tries to push himself back up, it kind of swallows him back down. He's stuck. So the employee from the trampoline park jumps in, pushes through all the foam blocks, digs down in the foam blocks, picks up this kid on his shoulders, turns around, wades back through all of the blocks and puts him back on the platform. I was watching this whole scene go down and I'm thinking to myself, this is the gospel right here. The good news of the gospel is not God stands on the edge of the platform and applauds your efforts to get out of the pit. Come on, you got it. Come on. No, no, that's not the gospel. The good news of the gospel is not even that God tosses you a rope and assists your efforts in getting out of the pit. No, that's not the gospel either. The gospel is we were stuck. Scripture says dead in our sin, separated from God. But God in his great mercy comes down, picks us up, lifts us out, like the psalmist says in Psalm 40, verse 2, he lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and out of the mire. He set my feet on a rock. He gave me a firm place to stand. This is what Christ has done for us. This is the good news of the gospel. And let me just remind you today, if you've believed in him and this is true about your life, you're blessed. You're blessed. We're blessed. I'm not waiting for God to bless me to bring my first. I bring my first because he's already done it. God doesn't need to do another thing for me for the rest of my life. I'm already blessed. He's already done enough. So, Lord, I bring you my first because you bless me. It all belongs to him. And what a privilege it is. We get to return to him what he's given to us. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Would you bow your head and close your eyes with me this morning at every location? I want to pray for you today. Lord, we thank you for your word, for your gospel, for your good news. Lord, we thank you that you've saved us, you've called us, you've lifted us out of the pit, you've set our feet upon the solid rock. Lord, we're grateful today. And Lord, I pray today that you would remind us of these things, God, to help us joyfully return back to you what you have given to us. Lord, I pray for those here today that are already practicing the discipline of tithing, that are already returning to you and honoring you in this area of their life. And Lord, I just pray your continued involvement in their life in this area. God, your continued blessing over them as they involve you. And Lord, I pray for the person today that has not yet taken this step, Lord, and they may be fearful. Lord, I pray today you give them the faith to open the door to this area of their life to involve you. 
And Lord, I pray as they do, Lord, would you just show up in a powerful way. Lord, as they do, would they know and sense and see that you're involved. Lord, thank you for blessing us. May we be a blessing in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Church, can you stand with me all over the room? Let's respond in worship today.